This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. Love is in the air with Valentine's Day approaching. Hopefully nothing you listen to during this podcast takes away that loving feeling. It is Scoop Podcast episode 126 being taped on Wednesday afternoon. Happy Hump Day Wednesday afternoon, the 7th of February around 2 p.m. Central Time. Chris Jimenez, before signing a minor league deal with the Cubs, was trying to recruit free agent pitcher Hugh Darvish to the Twins. Well, now Jimenez is trying to recruit Darvish to the Cubs, but the Twins do have a free agent working on recruiting Hugh Darvish to the Twins. I'll get to that in just a second. Plus, lots going on with the Wolves as we approach the NBA trade deadline Thursday at 3 p.m. Central. But first, some love for the sponsor of the Scoop Podcast. They keep this podcast going. It is Skoll Marketing. They are a business-to-business marketing agency. Skoll Marketing specializes in working with local small businesses. They are a locally owned company, so we already love them for that. They were started by two former Google employees to help the little guys compete. They work with businesses in web development, pay-per-click advertising, social media management, and so many more areas. Let's make Google work for you. The website is skullmarketing.com. And call now to schedule your free 30-minute consultation. If you're a small business owner, reach out to them. Take advantage of this free consultation. 612-787-SKOL. 612-787-SKOL. Again, the website for more. It is skolmarketing.com. We start with the Twins. Here is how confident Mike Napoli is that he will eventually land with the Twins. Mike Napoli knows you, Darvish, from their time together with Texas. Mike Napoli is helping recruit you, Darvish, to the Twins. Now, I'm told the Twins have not even made Mike Napoli a formal offer yet. I guess presumably, at least from his camp, there is a sense that the Twins will eventually extend Napoli an offer. But Mike Napoli has talked to you, Darvish. Mike Napoli is trying to recruit you, Darvish, to Minnesota. I am bearing the lead a bit. I am told the Twins have finally, after many months of conversations, have finally made you, Darvish, an offer. Now, I am told it is not a six-year offer. I'm led to believe by multiple sources it's a four- or a five-year offer. I don't sense the Twins are willing to go to six years, but who knows? Maybe in the end, if they are told, hey, you can get you, Darvish, but you have to add on another year, maybe they will rethink their position. But as of now, I can tell you, the Twins are one of the teams to make a formal offer to you, Darvish. Ken Rosenthal, who is excellent, MLB Network, The Athletic, he reports this week that you, Darvish, has multiple $100 million offers. I don't have the money on the Twins' offer but I can tell you the Twins have made you Darvish an offer, presumably, especially if it's a five-year offer. I would think it is over $100 million in total. You would think it's five years, 100 to 105 to 110, something in that ballpark. But bottom line, the Twins are remaining aggressive. A source close to Darvish told me the Twins are being as aggressive as any team when it comes to hopefully landing you. But, hey, if you wanted to be a Twin – He could have said yes days ago. So the Twins are still keeping in touch on many other free agents. I am told they are maintaining pretty regular contact on Alex Cobb, Lance Lynn. But I am told as of now, no offer extended to Alex Cobb. 
No offer extended to Lance Lynn. They maintain some interest in Chris Tillman, Jason Vargas. Heck, they've talked to Scott Boros. I don't know how recently they've talked to Scott Boros, but they have talked to Boros. So the names Jake Garrett and Jeremy Hellickson came up. Jason Vargas has the same agent as Andrew Kashner. So Kashner has come up. They've had conversations about Wade Miley, Jamie Garcia. So it is a lengthy list of free agents the Twins are maintaining pretty regular contact on, or at least are keeping in touch on. It might just be a simple text message, you know, once or twice a week. But clearly the Twins are waiting on you, Darvish. If Darvish tells them no, if you, Darvish, ultimately chooses the Cubs, then the Twins will circle back. They are also maintaining pretty regular trade talk with at least one team. I am told that team is the Tampa Bay Rays. The Twins have all sorts of interest in Chris Archer, but as of now, there's no sense that the Rays will move Archer. Whether it's Jake Odorizzi, Alex Colomay, somebody else, the Rays are interested in shedding more salary, but it doesn't sound like Chris Archer is atop the list of guys that Tampa is looking to move. Now, if you blow them away with an offer, hey, it's always possible. I am told the Tampa Bay Rays are big fans of Max Kepler. Now, it would take a lot more than Max Kepler. Presumably, it would take Kepler plus a Nick Gordon plus a really good pitching prospect, maybe multiple more prospects. Max Kepler plus Nick Gordon is not enough to get you Chris Archer. But I can tell you that if talks pick up, I can bet on the racing Max Kepler has to be in any package. On Irvin Santana, talking to a high-ranking Twins official on background on Tuesday, it happened when he started to throw sliders recently. So Irvin Santana was bugged by a middle finger issue even going back to the end of the season. Remember in the playoff loss to the Yankees, his slider was awful. They decided to go the rest and rehab route. They didn't think surgery was necessary in October. Then Irvin Santana was in town for Twins Fest a few weeks ago. He underwent a physical. He was given clearance to start throwing some fastballs, then ramping up to sliders. The fastballs were fine, but then he started to throw the slider, and that's when the finger became re-aggravated. He went to the doctor. That's when the doctor said, hey, you do need surgery. So it looks like he'll be back in early May. Now, this Twins official did remind me that the Twins do play three opening days, two on the road, one at home. So there's an off day after that opening day. You look at the off days they have in the month of April. They don't need a fifth starter until like week three. They only need a fifth starter for like maybe two or three starts before May. So while this injury is not good, it could have been far, far Worse, Trevor May should be back in May as well. As of now, the Twins have J.O. Barrios, Kyle Gibson. On Kyle Gibson, his arbitration hearing is later this week. It is amazing they are actually getting in front of a judge. How they cannot just come to an agreement before they get in front of the judge is beyond me, but it gives Daniel Adler, the new guy in the Twins front office, experience in this regard. You think about in future years, whether it's Sano, Buxton, Kepler, Barrios, any number of big-name guys, good players that could get to an arbitration hearing. The Twins haven't been to an arbitration hearing in 12 years, going back to Kyle Loesch. So this gives the new guy some experience with a hearing before potential future situations involving you know one or multiple of the guys that I just named. So all signs point to Kyle Gibson getting in front of the judge 
And at some point, the judge will make a ruling, and then Kyle Gibson will sign his one-year deal with the Twins. So you have Gibson, Barrios, Alberto Mejia. Phil Hughes with his contract will be given chances in Fort Myers. I don't know at this point if we can count on Phil Hughes very much, but he will be given some chances in Fort Myers. Also, a reminder, Tyler Duffy will be stretched out, originally a starter. Now, he could end up being a long reliever. Maybe he doesn't win a job in the rotation, but Tyler Duffy will be given every opportunity to win a job in the rotation come March. This high-ranking Twins official said even with Irvin Santana sidelined, as of now, they are only pursuing one rotation addition. Now, if a bunch of guys go sideways, it's March 15th or March 18th or March 20th. You know, they could revisit the idea of adding a second starter. But as of now, whether it's you, Darvish, somebody else, the Twins are only looking to add, as of now, one starter. Now, here's some other names that will have some chances in Fort Myers. You have Steven Gonzalez. You have Fernando Romero. I was told by this high-ranking Twins official that those two guys in particular, whenever they get up here, they will be up here. Whenever they get up here, the idea is the Twins front office wants these guys to stick. They don't want these guys yo-yoing back and forth here then back to the minors. So if I had to bet, Gonzalez starts the year in the minors and Fernando Romero starts the year in the minors. Here's an interesting name to remember because I think he'll end up helping the Twins bullpen before the year is over, but he was not invited to big league camp. Tyler J. I know that Tyler J's camp is a bit perplexed why he wasn't invited to big league camp, but they do feel like before March is over, he'll be given a chance to showcase his skill set in a big league spring training game. And there is a belief that whether it's July, August, September, that Tyler J can help the Twins bullpen. Some other Twins notes. They are expected to have a scout at Tim Lincecum showcase next week, specifically February 15th. The Twins had a number of conversations with Bartolo Colon's agent, Adam Katz, but ultimately did not make him a minor league offer. He signed a couple days ago with the Texas Rangers a minor league offer. On Miguel Sano, rehab is going very well in Fort Myers. He's actually now up to a lot of the conditioning stuff that, you know, he has to do. I mean, he has to do a good job of staying in shape, keeping the weight off. He's actually pretty much cleared after the surgery, the leg surgery. So the leg is good. So at this point, Miguel Sano's focus is on conditioning, nutrition and conditioning. Here's what you might have missed on a recent episode of the Raised by Wolves podcast. This Wolves team is just not equipped to hang with the Warriors and the Rockets, which is probably something we kind of already knew. Yeah, I mean, the three-point shooting is, I mean, and again, that's something else that we kind of knew was going to be sort of an issue going into this year because we knew they hadn't really, in the offseason, they they added some players obviously and and got better in terms of just overall talent but we knew that three-point shooting was going to be an issue and that they were probably going to have some trouble against teams that are good three-point shooting teams like golden state and like houston and uh we saw that you know the rockets are a team they're going to throw up a lot of threes they've got shooters all over the place and uh if you can't if you can't go toe-to-toe, blow-for-blow with three-point shooting with them, that uh, they're more than likely going to beat you. And and uh, so we, we kind of saw that. You can find the Raised by Wolves podcast on iTunes or wherever it is you find your podcasts. Download and subscribe today. All right, let's get to the Wolves. Where to begin with the trade deadline approaching Thursday at 3 o'clock. Let me address some of the national reports. SI.com, Jake Fisher, who is a Twitter friend. I respect his work. I think he's a good reporter. 
He reported on Tuesday night that the Wolves were in on Lou Williams of the Clippers and Tyreek Evans of the Grizzlies. Now, Lou Williams since then has signed a contract extension, but checking with somebody I've known for a long time with the Clippers organization, I am told the Wolves never made an offer for Lou Williams. Hey, the Wolves front office, like every front office, is constantly on the phone or sending text messages. So was there some back and forth between the Wolves and the Clippers? Sure, but talks never got to any sort of serious point. The Wolves were not really in on Lou Williams. I am still led to believe that the Wolves are not in on Tyreek Evans. They did not have interest in Tyreek Evans last summer when he was a free agent. I am told no serious talks with the Memphis Grizzlies. The Wolves have had some dialogue with the Atlanta Hawks. Marco Bellinelli has a history with Tom Thibodeau. The Hawks did have some interest last summer in Shabazz Muhammad. Is there a potential match there? Are the Hawks looking to tank so they will move guys so they can get the highest draft pick possible? They do have a big man that the Wolves had free agent interest in last summer, Deadman, but it doesn't sound like there's any real traction with Atlanta. But maybe if Atlanta says, hey, we'll take a second-round pick plus Shabazz Muhammad, we'll give you Bellinelli, maybe that's a name to keep an eye on. Here's another national report to address usatoday.com saying that Jamal Crawford is available, that the Wolves have brought up his name with a few teams. I can just tell you, two teams that pursued Jamal last summer before he chose to sign with the Wolves, two teams that were very aggressive trying to land Jamal last summer. I checked with people I've known with those organizations for a long time. They tell me that the Wolves have not brought up Jamal Crawford's name with them. I would be surprised if the Wolves move Jamal Crawford. Yes, I'll admit my bias on Jamal. He's an A-plus human being. He's been on this podcast going back before he was with the Timberwolves, so he's a friend. I'll admit that. I don't want to see him go, but I'm just telling you also, this isn't my heart talking, this is my head talking, that I would be surprised if the Wolves move Jamal Crawford. An Eastern Conference general manager, somebody I've known for a while, going back to when I was at the other radio station, got to know him a long time ago. We have some mutual friends. He reminded me that there are so many lies being told right now. You have to sift through all the lies. Journalism 101, why is this person lying to me? So many lies. The Wolves are not in on DeAndre Jordan. The Wolves checked in on DeAndre Jordan going back many, many weeks, but the Wolves are not in on DeAndre Jordan, for example. I think there is a report out there that the Wolves have recently checked in with the Clippers about DeAndre Jordan. I am told no. I still will say keep an eye on the buyout market. The Sacramento buyout Vince Carter. The Wolves had some free agent interest in Vince Carter last summer. Who does Phoenix buy out? Clearly, if the Lakers somehow reach a buyout agreement on Luau Dang, the Wolves would be all over Luau Dang, but that's a hard buyout to reach. If the Knicks somehow reach a buyout agreement with Joe Kim Noah, That would be another name of interest to the Wolves. There is really no Tony Allen, Minnesota steam right now. Signs still point to Chicago eventually buying him out. But Chicago seeing what's out there. Heck, if somebody wants to trade for Tony Allen, I'm sure Chicago would definitely listen. But I'm just saying I'm sure there's some name that we haven't even brought up yet that could be out there, that could be bought out. So whether... It's in a week, two weeks, three weeks. Don't dismiss the idea of the Wolves signing a free agent. Maybe they make a minor move by tomorrow, moving Shabazz Muhammad somewhere. I'm just saying, though, maybe the biggest move the Wolves make before the playoffs could be adding some free agent in the coming weeks. I will also add that the Wolves, and I've talked about this on the podcast going back I don't know how many weeks, 
that I've heard from multiple teams that the guy the Wolves would love to move is Gorgie Jang. After this year, he has three years, $47 million left on his contract. I know of teams who like Gorgie Jang. I can tell you, the L.A. Clippers like Gorgie Jang, but nobody likes the contract. So unless the Wolves are willing to take back a ton of money, it's darn near impossible right now to move Gorgie Jang. Maybe things change in the summer when teams reevaluate things, but right now I don't see the Wolves moving Gorgie, but I'm just telling you, that is the name I keep hearing the most from other teams. When it comes to the Wolves, they are as silent as it gets. This is not the Flip Saunders era, so whether it's Tibbs, Scott Layden, others in the front office, they just don't leak information. So in my case, I have to lean on other teams that communicate with the Wolves, getting information that way. So I can tell you Gorgie Jang's name has been out there, but there is zero real steam on the Wolves actually being close to a deal involving Gorgie Jang. The Wolves have gotten calls on Nemanja Bialica, but look for Nemanja Bialica to be a Timberwolf at 301 Central on Thursday afternoon. The Wolves were not in on Greg Monroe before he chose Boston. Some other Wolves notes. I noted this in a recent podcast, but it might have gotten lost in the shuffle. Shabazz Muhammad has yet another new agent. He's represented now by Happy Walters and Happy Walters Agency. So it's yet another new agent. So the new agency went to the Wolves and requested the trade. The Shabazz camp, the new agency really doesn't have a sense whether the Wolves will just outright release Shabazz if they can't come to some sort of trade agreement. The Wolves have not indicated to the camp at this point that they would release Shabazz. Heck, if you're the Wolves, if you can't trade Shabazz, you might need him at some point. Why would you outright release him? So I guess I would be surprised, but that's just my opinion. I can just tell you, though, the news, the information you want is the Wolves have not told Shabazz Muhammad's agency that they would indeed release him if they can't come up with a workable trade. Hoops Hype is about five months late on this. Tyus Jones... New agent, he signed with the new agent right at the start of the season. It's Kevin Bradbury of Bill Duffy and Associates. Bill Duffy, the former gopher, so Kevin works under Bill. Bill Duffy, the former agent of Andrew Wiggins. Also on the Wolves, they had one of their European scouts. Watch, where is his name here? Let me find it. I have so many notes in front of me. Shoot. It was a second-round prospect who didn't play so well, a guy from Lithuania. I forgot to write down his name. But anyway, I got a note that the Wolves had a scout watching this second-round prospect. This week in the game, he was not good. He had like four points in 15 minutes. It's one of those situations. He's a small forward, like 6'8", 6'9", 6'10", you know, skinny but can light it up or is said to be able to light it up from – three-point range, but with the Wolves scout in attendance earlier this week, the kid did not put on a show whatsoever. All right, let's get to the Vikings. They submitted the paperwork to interview John D. Filippo on Monday morning, right after the Super Bowl. They were hopeful that they would interview John D. Filippo for the offensive coordinator position as soon as Wednesday, if not Wednesday, certainly not Thursday, because John D. Filippo wants to be in Philadelphia for the Eagles parade, but then it could have been Friday or Saturday. The Vikings were led to believe they would not have to wait the 10 days. They would not have to wait until February 14th or 15th to interview D. Filippo. But then everything changed when Josh McDaniels on Tuesday night backed out of a verbal agreement to be the next coach of the Indianapolis Colts. So now the Colts will interview Frank Reich, the Eagles offensive coordinator, On Friday, the Eagles have been incredibly busy planning for the parade, any number of other things to do. Heck, they were behind with everything all in on the Super Bowl. So whether it's 
you know, the college draft, whatever it is, any number of reasons, the Eagles never faxed back to the Vikings the paperwork, the permission to interview John Filippo, even though Filippo had a conversation with Doug Peterson and was led to believe that, yes, go interview with the Vikings. If you have a chance to be a play caller, go do it. But John Filippo, I'm told, loves Philadelphia. If Frank Reich gets the Colts job, John Filippo would then be the Eagles' offensive coordinator. Even though Doug Peterson calls plays, he would still be in line to be a head coach in a year or two. His star is still shining bright, trust me. So whether he's a play caller here or the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia, even though he wouldn't be calling plays, he is still in line to be a head coach in the near future. But that is the trickle-down effect. So at this point, even if Frank Reich doesn't get the Colts job, the Vikings are not interviewing John Filippo this week as planned. There is a sense the Vikings are willing to wait. They would like to talk to John Filippo, but who knows? That could change on a dime. But the Vikings are interested in John Filippo. They do have a good relationship with his agent, Trace Armstrong. The Vikings are moving into the new practice facility in Egan, March 1st. So that is fast approaching. Word is, it is phenomenal. It is off the charts. It is fantastic. By the way, I should mention on Filippo when he does interview the Vikings, or if he does, I shouldn't say when because that is not a 100% guarantee. If he interviews with the Vikings, I know he has interest in hiring the quarterback's coach. Now, Kevin Stefanski, who's in the mix to be the offensive coordinator, is under contract in 2018 with the Vikings, I'm told. So if the Vikings wanted to play hardball, they could say to Kevin, hey, you can't go to New York to be Pat Shermer's offensive coordinator. There is interest from Shermer to bring Stefanski to New York to be his offensive coordinator. Now, Shermer will call plays, but if the Vikings wanted to, they could play hardball and say, hey, Kevin, you're under contract. You are staying with us to be the quarterback's coach. So they could hire a John Filippo or somebody else as the offensive coordinator, then keep Stefanski as the quarterback's coach if they wanted to be You know, heck, for lack of a better way of putting it, pains in the ass. But that's normally not how the Vikings operate. If they don't promote Kevin Stefanski, I would think they would allow him to go get that offensive coordinator title with the New York Giants. I'll continue to say I don't have every answer on the quarterback situation, but I do know this. The Vikings think the world of Teddy Bridgewater. They've invested a lot in Teddy, whether it's 14 months of rehab, a first-round pick, So I'm just saying, if I had to bet right now whether they attempt to toll the contract or not, that if I had to bet, you know, above anybody else, Kirk Cousins, Case Keenum, if I had to bet above anybody else, I see Teddy Bridgewater with the Vikings in 2018. I don't know if he'll be the starter. I'm just saying, though, because the Vikings think the world of Teddy, the Vikings will make every effort to keep Teddy Bridgewater with the Vikings in 2018. All right, let's get to a potpourri of items, then we'll call it a podcast all right, I can start with Gophers men's basketball. Amir Coffey is unlikely to play Friday at Indiana. The right shoulder injury. He originally heard it on January 3rd against Illinois. Then he missed a handful of games. Then came back January 20th against Ohio State. Then played a few days later against Northwestern. Richard Patino was on the record saying that Coffey re-aggravated the injury against the Wildcats or re-injured the shoulder against Northwestern. I am told by multiple sources that the shoulder was always jacked up. He was playing through all sorts of pain. He did not re-injure the shoulder against Northwestern. It has always been hurt. So it might make some sense now that the Gophers have lost, what, 9 of 10 games. The season is pretty much cooked. I mean, the only way they can make 
the field of what is it now, 68 or 65, the NCAA field, is to get the automatic bid. They would have to win, what, four or five games in New York City at Madison Square Garden get the automatic bid. Otherwise, their season is cooked. The chances of them running the table, they could win a game or two in New York, but the chances of them running the table are next to zero. Reggie Lynch has his EOAA appeals hearing Later this week, as of now, his attorney, Ryan Pasiga, has some conflicts, especially on Friday, I know. So that is creating some issues with Reggie Lynch's attorney. But the U put those dates in place. They don't have flexibility on those dates. So Reggie Lynch's appeals hearing this week, Thursday and Friday. Gophers basketball had a couple recruits at Tuesday's game against Nebraska. Ben Carlson of Eastridge and Dawson Garcia of Prior Lake. Both guys are Division One players, but the Gophers have not offered either one yet. Future Gopher Gabe Kausher is out right now for DeLaSalle. He has an ankle injury. Gophers target junior Zeke Naji of Hopkins. The forward is back after missing a few weeks with an ankle injury. Also on the Gophers, but more so the football side, Rob Smith tweeted that the football scoop report that he's off to the Patriots is not right. He said, quote, contrary to speculation, I am a gopher. I would say let's wait on that. Now, maybe Rob Smith does stay with the gophers. I'm not saying I have every answer on Rob Smith, but I'm just saying football scoop was maybe on to something. Let's wait and see, especially after National Signing Day on Wednesday, how things shake out. I don't know if it's 100% at this point that Rob Smith remains with the Gophers. So we'll keep an eye on that. They've lost to Bryce Pop to an NFL job, Ed Warner. They lost the defensive backs coach to Texas A&M. So we're not used to this sort of turnover, but hey, all those guys are off for promotion. So that's what happens. You have good assistant coaches. Other teams want them. But yeah, we're not used to this sort of turnover with the Gopher football coaching staff. Super Bowl ratings locally down 4.3% with people 18 years or older. That includes men, and women, so comparing to last year's Super Bowl, that's actually a pretty sizable number. To me, pretty noteworthy that Super Bowl ratings down. I don't know if that was just the Vikings lost and people were just fatigued or sick of the idea of the Eagles and the way their fans treated Vikings fans in Philadelphia. They just didn't want to watch the Eagles. Maybe it's Patriots fatigue, seeing the Patriots in the game year after year. Who knows? Any number of reasons. But Super Bowl ratings down locally. Although, how about this? The share here, so that is the percentage of TVs in use that were watching the Super Bowl, so it's a percent, it's not just total volume. The share here actually beat Boston and Philadelphia. So bottom line, the Super Bowl always generates an unbelievable TV rating. It did here in the Twin Cities, but just not quite the same rating as it has in previous years. Back to Gophers football because I jotted my notes all over the place here. My photog, Jeff Briashi, was at Eden Prairie's National Signing Day ceremony on Wednesday morning. Eden Prairie did not do a ceremony back in December when Benny Sapp III signed with the Gophers, so they honored him, among others, today. Antonio Montero, Mr. Football, off to Rice. The offensive lineman, Joe Schreiber, off to North Dakota State. He signed back in December. But Eden Prairie honored all its football players this morning. My photog, Jeff Briashi, was at Eden Prairie High School on Wednesday morning. He talked to Benny Sapp III. Remember, he suffered his third left knee injury back in the fall. He is doing well. He did not tear the ACL for a third time, but it was a pretty sizable injury. Anyway, he told my camera guy, Jeff Briashi, his vertical jump is up to 34 inches. He normally can get up to like 37, 38. 
you will have full clearance in the summer. So right now, Benny Sapp III is not 100% healthy, but by summer workouts, he said he'll be 100% healthy. Heck, I wouldn't dismiss the idea of Benny Sapp III having an impact for the Gophers in 2018. I wouldn't say, hey, just it's a guarantee he will redshirt. He will have a chance to play right away. Benny Sapp III, the first commit in the Gophers class of 2018. All right, I'm looking. Do I have anything else? I meant to chase an update on Dupree McBrayer, who missed the second half on Tuesday. I do know some close to the program are concerned. They've been concerned. Does it just make some sense at this point to shut him down? But I don't have that answer. Oh, I got this note. We had this on KSTP.com. Adrian Peterson lost that lawsuit. He was being sued. What does it say here? Defendant Adrian Peterson failed to appear at the hearing and has failed to answer or defend against plaintiff's complaint. He now owes, this was about him defrauding on some loan, the amount he now owes, according to a judge, is just shy of $610,000. He now also has to pay attorney's fees of nearly $29,000. So Adrian Peterson losing a ruling in Hennepin County Court. This actually goes back... A week or two, but nobody had discovered it. You know, it's just it's public record. So one of our guys was going through some public records and discovered that lawsuit that was filed back in October. So again, going back to October, Adrian Peterson defrauding on a loan. This thing went all the way to a judge, got in front of the judge. The judge ruled against Adrian Peterson. All right, anything else I wanted to get to? I don't think so. That's about it. But be sure to check my Twitter feed, KSTP at KSTP. I certainly will have a lot Wednesday night into Thursday if I hear any Twins steam, new Twins steam. Certainly I had a lot in this podcast. Or new Wolves trade steam. Again, some love for Skoll Marketing. They keep the podcast going. Online, SkollMarketing.com. Call right now if you're a small business owner. Call right now. To schedule your free 30-minute consultation, 612-787-SKOL. 612-787-SKOL. For more about Skoll Marketing, again, especially if you're a small business owner, you need some help, these guys can help you out. The website is skollmarketing.com. That does it for Scoop Podcast episode 126. I'll be back whenever I can for episode 127, but it won't be... Before the week is over, the missus is undergoing a minor surgery. Nothing too serious, but she'll be sidelined for a couple days. Plus, I still have some Super Bowl hangover, you know, just mentally, physically, everything. So I'm looking forward to a few days off here at the end of the week, finally. This is a great job, but it can wear you out when you're doing live shots on TV at 6 in the morning. And they need you to do live shots at 10.50 at night. Let's just say... I'm a bit sleep-deprived. I love what I do. I wouldn't trade it for anything, but I am looking forward to a few days off later this week. So I'll be back next week with episode 127. Always appreciate you listening. Thank you so much.